pleasant good morning to everyone and welcome to another another edition of the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Yours truly, Carlos Brown. I'll be joined by Charles Etman uh, very shortly. Guest menu looks like this for October the 14th. Charles Etman, Brandon B.J. Jones, and Coach Van Petaway will be the guests on today's show. Here's simply what's trending on the Carlos Brown Show. Who will win the Western Division in football? That's a great question. Right now, four teams are vying for that uh, title. I don't know right now, on October 14th, who will get it done. We shall see the rest of the season. Southern University celebrates homecoming, the 2023 edition. Uh, Happy homecoming to all the alums that are back. Uh, First-time alums, those who have been alums for a long time, and for those of coming back to Southern University for homecoming, perhaps for the first time, enjoy yourself. And looking at social media, there's no homecoming like a Southern University homecoming. Also, the SWAC announces a Pac-12 uh, basketball SWAC legacy series. We'll take a look into that as well. And then also a SWAC announces their men's basketball schedule. We'll definitely get into that. Uh, when we visit with uh, Coach Van Petaway. That's what's trending on the Coles Brown Show. Well, we'll start off with Southern University football, and uh, this time last week, um, it was a huge matchup between Southern University and FAMU. Unfortunately for the Jaguars, they dropped a 26-19 to decision uh, to FAMU. Once again, Jaguars offensively scored first, eight plays, a 90-yard drive. But after that, not too much scoring. Uh, Six points in the second quarter and only seven points in the fourth quarter. Folks, I'm I'm just perplexed. I think I know what's uh, the problem, of course, from a non-coaching perspective. But you can look at every game this season. They've scored first. But they haven't scored a lot. Still, uh, way down in the rankings as far as scoring offense. Uh, this offense, it just seems to, it just seems that when defenses adjust to what Southern is doing in game, Southern doesn't adjust accordingly. Running game has picked up. It's it's a little bit better. But this offense, an offense that Coach Dooley said would be a track meet on the field. Just haven't seen it. And through 17 games, 17 games, the record is 9-8. and eight, A little bit over 500%. Maybe you could tell me. What is going on? There, there, it, it's not just one factor offensively. It's multiple factors. But for the Jaguars, once again, with a big-time opponent coming in to A.W. Mumford Stadium, they fall short. It's not that they don't play hard, but they're just not getting it done off 
offensively, defensively, in my humble opinion, they play well enough to win. Are they perfect? No, but they're pretty good uh, defense. Still in the top three in all defensive categories, just about. Just truly, simply, it's offensively. So I'm perplexed. What can they do to get better offensively, consistently? Maybe you can tell me. I'll look in the chat room and um, you tell me what you think. I just gave you some opinions of uh, this football team with the loss, two and three overall, two and one in conference play. Now, of course, the first two uh, games lost to conference members from the Eastern Division against three opponents from the Eastern Division, they're zero and three. Joseph says Dooley is proven to be mediocre, a mediocre coach. Nine and 18 after 17 games. And guess what? You you still pull for Southern University. I'm an alum, a fan as well. What can we do? You still have to support this football team. Homecoming, 2023. Opponent, Lincoln of California. But it's not so much about who the opponent is. Sometimes the biggest opponent is within yourself. Now we'll visit with Charles Edmund. We'll bring him in. And um, Charles predicted a, a, a Southern University loss. And um, for the Jaguars, still, their goal is still ahead of them. They can still win the West. But for most Jaguar alums, supporters, and fans, it's still just not a good feeling. Not a good feeling at all. I wonder why. Good morning, Charles. Good morning, Carlos. Happy Saturday. And you are exactly correct about Southern University football. Uh, I was just looking at the stats, and they're number one defensively in terms of points, giving up only giving up an average of 15 points a game. That's good enough any time of the day to be able to, to be where you need to be. But they're not there offensively, and that clearly is the problem uh, there. I mean, you have an offensive-minded coach and Coach Dooley, and clearly it's you start fast, but then after that it just kind of goes the other way, and you, you got to fix that because every game you start fast, and once teams make the adjustments, you got to make another adjustment. Uh, just looking at the stats from last week's game in terms of running the football and you know, you got almost 300 yards of offense against FAMU, but just can't seem to get consistency offensively. And I think a number of teams can say that in this league. The Braves, the Braves, one of those teams as well. So I, I think, you know, we got to fix this thing. Got to, got to get right. Got to get better. Um, but all the goals are in front of you, though, still. If you just talk about Southern University, um, I just, you know, as a SWAC fan, and I wore two hats last week, Carlos, one as a Braves fan. Hoping for, mm -hmm. a check, hoping for a loss, you know, to pin a loss on the Jaguars, to open the race up a little bit. But then I, I also offered a challenge as a SWAC fan to Southern University football in terms of can you win the big games against the big teams in the conference at home? And you lost to two of them, Jackson State and FAMU. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just – you just wonder, do you play up tight at home? Um you know, there were some boos in the crowd. I know B.J. Jones is coming on. He had a pretty good spill on that as a former player, and I get where he's coming from. 
And it's just, you know, it's a whole different dynamic in fandom today. They're going to express their opinion when they don't see the product producing. Booze are a part of it. It's unfortunate. And it's really rougher now. But uh, as far as Southern University is concerned, I just challenge them to rise up at home against the best teams in the league. And it has been a struggle, not only this year, but just in years past. Yeah, they won some games when the Braves were pretty good. You know, when we won that six straight division titles in the East, the Braves had success in Baton Rouge. I would just like to just see Southern last week get it done against the best of the best. And we both agree, Bam used the best in the conference. So you got some work to do. Lincoln on homecoming. Southern's going to score as many points as they want to score today. And you got to get ready for Bethune-Cookman on the road next week. And that would be more concerning to me because, you know, it's, it's on, on the road. That's why I said in my opening, it, and no disrespect to Lincoln, but it's more about the opponent is within. And you look at this game today, what do you get out of it as far as – they're expected to win. If they win, they they put up 70 points or whatever. Uh, hopefully, it'll get to a point early on where you can start uh, playing a, a lot of people, second unit, third unit, and it's homecoming. And then next week, but they'll cook. But back to the – you look at the FAMU and Jack State game. FAMU, I, I think this may have been even a deeper wound because you really played – on the defensive side well enough and in spite of the inconsistency offensively and when I look at this offense and, and I was looking at the stats as well but some of the notes I made to myself is this team reminds me offensively of some of the uh, when coach Richardson was was the head football coach and going up against Jackson State it's either big plays or nothing. You don't see a lot of, although last week was a good example of what they should do consistently, eight play, 90-yard drive. You don't see a lot of that. You see a lot of big plays. They score first. You saw a, a big play again, a 72-yard pass. But it, I guess it's the consistency. And it reminds me of the Jackson State offenses of the 90s. You know, if they didn't make a big play or a big play for a touchdown, then you kind of saw they self-constructed, imploded, penalties, inconsistent, couldn't run the football consistently. And those are some of the things that you see with with this offense. Now, they're throwing for a, a, a great bit of yards, but again, it's, it's, it's inconsistent. Michael says, Carlos, could it be that every defensive coordinator knows Dooley offense? It also could be that Dooley – is a better offensive coordinator than a head coach. And that was Mike Jones. That's very interesting. First part, we talked about defenses adjust. And, and, and to answer this question, I think they have adjusted too. You, you, you don't see, like FAMU, they used a tight end a, a lot last week. I, I want to say if he wasn't the, uh, the leading receiver, he was close. You don't see intermediate passes, slants. I thought you would see more backs involved in the passing attack. I just haven't seen it. Now, if I'm wrong, 
And those who are watching the show, you tell me I'm wrong. I can handle it. But I haven't seen that. And then I see a defense that's on the field a whole lot. And then about the third or the fourth quarter, particularly fourth quarter, they get tired. And they give up points. And by the way, congratulations to FAMU. They came in and did a, a, a good job. Did they play perfect? No. But Musa threw for over 300 yards. But when defenses make adjustments against this Southern's offense, they don't have an answer to me. They they really don't. They don't make adjustments. So I'm perplexed. It, it's very disappointing. Um, booze in the stadium, yeah, I, I did hear it. It was very loud. Particularly when you were down in the fourth quarter and time is running out. And Coach Dulick explained it. I don't know if people buy into it. But I know Jay Walker on the broadcast was talking about, you know, why are you running the football? You need to score quickly. You need to be in a, in a super hurry. I just, I just don't understand it. Also, on first down, predictable. You got to mix it up. But again, from a non-coaching perspective, I just don't I just don't see it. And yeah, I know we're gonna say it several times. Your goals are still ahead of you. But it just doesn't feel right. It it, it really doesn't. Christmas said you're not wrong. So I just think of making adjustments. It, it it's like, okay, I'm calling the plays and it works, and then teams adjust to it, defensive coordinators. It's like, well, it still should work because it worked before. I don't know. I don't know. Well, when you look at you, you know, when you look at Dooley when he was at Prairie View, you know, when you had Jalen Morton in that offense there, you know, once teams kind of figured out Prairie View a little bit when he was there, the offense kind of slowed down a little bit there as well. Um, so I, I think what you're saying is not wrong. And I'm just thinking about the, the, the Dooley teams at Preview. Yeah, he had success, but there were times, and they and they scored points early in his tenure there. And so when you look at the adjustments that are made and slowing them down just enough, and then the defense, obviously, at Preview was not all that great, I think that's a valid point. And so I think what, what do you do? I mean, do you do you tear it down at this point? No, you make adjustments. I, you know, I don't think you can. Yeah. Um, like Joseph says in the in the um, chat room, you are correct, Carlos. Routes consistently take too much time to develop. Need more quick throws. I, I've seen some bubble screens, you know, but it, it's it's a lot of long passes, and there's no variety. It's no variety. You have too many doggone weapons to not be able to utilize all those weapons. And I know quarterbacks get a lot of the blame. And um, it was some ball security issues. Um, you know, you can see receivers open and the quarterback just not getting there. And then, you know, just to be honest, the offensive line play, I know they've had some injuries. Um, BJ, is going to come on and he'll probably bring it up, but he's he says he doesn't see no physicality with this this 
offense. So I, I think it's a fair assessment to the Jaguar Nation is sitting there and just kind of like exploring and, and, and looking at everything that they see that's going on and they're not not happy with it. Yeah. You know, special teams that's been strong usually. They had an off night last Saturday, cost them some points and boy, a big uh muff punt. Really just and FAMU goes down and, and, and takes advantage of it. Um, to me, FAMU is still the best team in the conference, but this game was not like a game that said, oh, Southern had no way of winning this game. They very well could have won uh, the, the ball game. Uh, to me, Jackson State at that time was the only time that they were thoroughly whipped. Yeah, I, I think, you know, what you're seeing right now throughout the league, not just with Southern or even Alcorn. I mean, I think, you know, when you look at Alcorn, we're just doing enough. You know, when you talk about Jackson State the last couple of years, they were pretty dominant most of the time in the two-year run, three-year run, whatever it was. But right now, what you're seeing in SWAC football right now, teams are just doing just enough. I think you, what you talked about, FAMU, they're doing just enough. And it's good enough as long as it wins games. And they're doing just that. Is it dominant? Is it overwhelming? No, but it's good enough. But then you look at the other side of the coin. Is Southern doing enough? Clearly, no. Clearly, no. And you look at the schedule. You got to go to Alcorn. You got to go to Bethune next week. You got, you know, Texas Southern and Prairie View coming to Mumford. Um, you got to get it fixed because it's right there in front of you to take it. If you want to take it, and I still think I'm look, I'm a believer in Southern University football on the road. I've said it at home and big games, it's it's tough, but on the road, Bethune, Alcorn, they're gonna show up because no one is pulling for them. No one's pulling for them. Everybody thinks, not saying that they packed it in, but they just, people just don't think Southern can go on the road and get it done. And I'll be doggone if, if, if they prove you wrong. So, yeah, it's a struggle right now. What you're going to get out of Lincoln today, probably nothing. You know, probably nothing. And and that's just, that's just reality. I mean, I think Southern's going to score 80 points somewhere in there. And I, and I think if, and you're talking about calling the dogs off, I don't think that's going to happen today. I don't think no, it's going to happen. I, I think don't. you give I, – I think you give players – if you're up quickly, they're up, say, by three or four touchdowns first quarter, I I think you give your backups. You may need them. Yeah. I mean, what, what good does it do to – don't call the dogs off against, against Lincoln. Let that's me, me, that's that's not gonna make me feel one iota better. I, I, I get it. Cookman, because why this team is just on an offensive standpoint too inconsistent. Let let me explain why. This is just my humble opinion. Mm -hmm. When you have a frustrated fan base, when you have a frustrated team, mm -hmm. it's homecoming. And you know what happens on homecoming. People show up and show out. I think Southern's going to try to prove to people we're back. Against Lincoln? And score hey, 180 I, points? I, I, oh, I, I, I get on. that. I get it. Oh. Hey, hey, I get it. 
you're you're not wrong. But that's, that's, that's I get it. That's a quick gratification. I'm more concerned with dominating and winning beyond this point. I get it. But but we're not beyond this point right now. We're we're talking about Lincoln at six o'clock or whatever time the game is. I, I get that you're you're not wrong, but when you when you're frustrated and you need something good to happen, you want to show people, hey, we got this under control. And so a game like this, yes. What are you going to get out of it in terms of getting back on track? Probably very little, if anything. But again, it's homecoming. You, you're going to have 30,000 in the house. People are looking for good things to happen. And yes, it's Lincoln. Yes. You know, I was talking with one of our alums the other day and they were, you know, our homecoming was last week. And they told me, look, I see all these other homecoming opponents and all these one-sided games. And, and, and this is one person's opinion. He mm. said, you know what? I would love that we play Grambling on homecoming. Now, homecoming to me is about dates more so than opponents. We've had that conversation before. Our normal homecoming is the third week in October. The calendar and the schedule didn't fall the way it normally falls. You're either going to have homecoming later or you're going to have homecoming earlier. So it just so happens that Grambling being when it is, and that was the opponent on that day, that's homecoming. But they liked the fact that we had a challenge on homecoming. And Grambling darn near came to, came to Sphinx and, and beat us. They had a chance. They had a couple of opportunities. Muck punt on special teams. A turn, uh, touchdown that was overturned that was ruled incomplete at first. But we got it done. But this one person, and just maybe one person, liked the fact that we played a tough opponent on homecoming. That's their opinion. Some would like to see the cupcakes on homecoming. But, you know, when you're a struggling team like Southern is, your fan base is mad, they're angry, they're frustrated, they're ticked off, they're pissed off. And, hey, some of our fans are too, despite the fact that we won two in a row too close for comfort. Some of our folks still aren't all that pleased because offensively we bogged down. And you talk about the boos against Prairie View in the fourth quarter. There were some boos at Sphinx. So these things do happen. And I heard it. We got a pretty good mic that I paid pretty good money for, you know, to pick up those good sounds. But there were some boos. But the reality, the reality is that Southern's going to score as many points as they want to score. And do I think they should call the dogs off? Sure. But do I expect that to happen? Probably not. Only because it's homecoming. And you want to show the fans, hey, we got this thing under control. Is it necessarily right? And I might be wrong about this. I really, I might be totally wrong. And if I'm wrong, I'll come back next week and say that I'm wrong. But I do think that the frustration, the team struggles, you got a chance to correct it a little bit and show people that we got it. I think Southern's going to score as many points as they want to score in this game to show people, hey, in a way, we're coming back. Even though it don't mean a doggone thing when you play Bethune next week down in Florida, you, you like you say, win the week. And this is the week. It's homecoming and it's Lincoln to California. And you want to win the week and you want to win it big. Well, you see my expression. That don't cut it for me. I mean, they're, they're going to win. Look, let's be honest about it. They can win by how much they want to, how many? To me, this game, once again, boils down to, you know, that's a sad state of affairs if, yeah, you're pissed off, you're frustrated, and 
I'll just I'll just look at myself. If they score 80 points and they win 80 to zero, am I happy? That's about, <laughs> that's about how much happy I am. You know, because when I look at what has been accomplished so far, the lack of it, I'm still more concerned. This game won't make me drop all the feelings I have. Not this one game. They can score 120. They could be on ESPN highlights. But you know, deep down inside, that shouldn't make you happy. I would have been much happier winning 26-19 over a good, tough FAMU team. I've been happier if one of our most energetic rivals, Jackson State, you win that football game. Alabama State just just kind of shocked. So Lincoln happens to fall on the schedule because they're the next opponent. Yeah, they will win the week. That one says, I'm sorry, Carlos. Anything less, the domination will continue to be moaning. I messed that one up. Moaning and groaning. Moaning and groaning. They could win by 150 to zero. It's going to be moaning and groaning because, again, they know that this team has not been consistent, specifically offensively, play calling. Just hadn't getting it. Just had. Just hadn't gotten it done. Well, well, you know the one thing I will say, and um, I, I do watch. Um, Coach Dooley's press presser during the week mm-hmm. when he has his media availability. And he seems to be very, very low key and kind of confident in terms of what he's, what he feels like what's going on with his team. I mean, every coach does that. I mean, there are people that are asking him pretty good questions. Jim Klein, Peter, mm-hmm. I hear him. I could, I wish I could be in the room because he's trying to get out of them what he can. And it's, it's, it, it's okay because you're trying to, you're just like you're, you're frustrated I think he wants to try to get some answers too, just like anybody would with with Southern or any team when it's struggling. But Coach Dooley feels like, hey, I've been doing this thing for a minute. I know what it looks like. I know what it feels like. I know what it tastes like. Just stick, just mm-hmm. stick with us. And uh, I, I know that's tough to do. And and, I, I, and and that's fine, Charles. Yeah, that's fine. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you fail or succeed, you will be held accountable. Yeah. Nine and eight after seventeen games for those who feel hey that's a winning record it is but are you really satisfied don't try to sell me some some malarkey if it smells bad it is do they have a chance to still accomplish their goals yes but this game today i will only be happy because it's a win am i going to turn flips and jump up and down if they win 80 to zero, no, they should win. They should dominate. <sighs> I, feel better. I feel better. Yeah. Go, go, go ahead, Charles. Yeah, I mean, look, it's 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 I, I think right now when you when you look at the SWAC right now as a whole. Are we looking at one team that's just blowing the socks off anybody right now? FAMU's looked okay. They got by Jackson. 
They look okay. They can be had. But other than that, there's really no dominant team. And I think that's what's probably frustrating for me at times, and I think for you, the fact that this, that if we can put some things together, you know, this this Braves team is totally different than it was a year ago. You know, I look at the stats. We average 1.9, and a Braves football is known for running the football, right? We average 1.9 yards per carry against Grambling. We have 58 yards against Bama State. We average 2.7 yards per carry against Prairie View. We know running the football is what Braves football is about, and we have struggled. Mm-hmm. But Aaron Allen has stepped up, one of the top passers in the league. You could make the case easy, top two behind Musa. Some would say number one, who knows? But, you know, we're a totally different team. So we've made adjustments, but we're doing enough. Our offense, just like Southern, is bogged down. Our fans are on the edge of their seat, too, just like Jaguar fans are. But we make enough plays to get it done. Against, against Prairie View, we did not. Against Bama State, they literally handed us the game in the last five minutes. Against Grambling, you know, we found a way. And Grambling gave us a couple of gifts as well. So right now, as far as SWAC football is concerned, it's so much up for grabs. Yes, FAMU is the best team in the league. But anything else is pretty much up for grabs if you can get some consistency going. And right now, Southern is struggling with that. We're trying to get some consistency on offense a little bit. Our special teams, you know, we had a couple of PAT situations that we didn't get done last week. It, it, it's kind of a mismatch in the swack right now. And that's what makes it frustrating. That's what makes it exciting because someone's going to take this thing. Who is it going to be? And I think that's the second half of the season. I think those questions need to be asked and somebody's going to answer them. Yeah. I, I've even had people to say North Carolina central fam, you in the celebration bowl, North Carolina central wins it by 10 plus. <clears throat> I just shook my head. Wow. You just never know. But first, the West must be decided. FAMU, pretty much, will be the representative of the Eastern Division. Who will win the West? BJ is standing by. It'll be interesting to see what BJ has to say about all, all of this. It's homecoming, I understand. And you have to hear the frustration, the disappointment. Those are the words I hear. I also can add angry, shock, but disappointing is the word for this season and so forth. According to my calculations, after 17 games, nine and eight, mediocre against the good teams have not done a good job. But hey, one and all against Alcorn. In, the, in a couple of weeks, they go to Alcorn and take a victory. Coach Dooley be 2-0 against Alcorn. 1-0 against Grambling. And that's the one game, Carlos, as, as watching this football team, talking about Alcorn, that's the one game that scared – I mean, all of them, of course, you're concerned. But the one – I said it on this, on this show, and I'm going to keep saying it all the way up until we play – Southern University in the last home game of the year. That's the one game that scares me at this point in time. Southern University, Alcorn at Spinks. That game worries the heck out of me even to this day. And we're off today because I do think the Jaguars will rise up on the road when no one is giving them a chance. Somehow, those type of games are the ones that they 
find a way to play their best games. And at home, I've made my point known about that, but on the road, it's a whole different story to me from the outside, using your words, from the outside looking in, Southern to me seems to play a little bit different, a little bit better on the road when everyone's pulling against them than they do at home. Hmm. I don't know about that one. We shall see. I'll have to look that one up. We'll take a timeout. You're watching the Colos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. We shall return. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Never not working. Never not working. Never, ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Dandruff protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. This is Brian Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. You're looking for the latest information on Southern University Sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics. There's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network.
Welcome back to this week's edition of the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Yours truly, Carlos Brown, Charles Edmund. Now we're going to be joined by Brandon B.J. Jones, a man of many talents, former Southern University football player inside HBCU football. B.J., good afternoon to you. Am I getting that right? Good afternoon. Yeah, yeah, good good afternoon. I'm in that Central Standard Time. And, uh, BJ, a, a, a frustrated Southern alum. That's me. Uh, during the break, someone said um, Coach Dooley will get up and talk about at the press conference of how many points they've scored when they defeat. And I say when, not if, when they defeat Lincoln University. I, that's shameful. I, you know, tell me I'm wrong. I don't think he will. He'll just say, "Hey, we did what we were supposed to do." But as an alum, BJ, will it make you feel so much better if they blow out Lincoln? No, because that's something that you're supposed to do. Yeah, that's what it, I it does. It does. It does nothing. Um. Does nothing but puts a W on the on the the schedule and gets some stats, but no. Well, let's get into it. This twenty twenty three football season, high expectations. Pick to win it in the West. Still can accomplish that goal. But are you frustrated as a, a Southern alum? Yes. Yes, I am. Um, it's been a difficult season, uh, Carlos. Uh, started down at Alabama State, losing the game that now people are really, really scratching their heads over. You know, for a week there, people people said that, hey, that, that was a good loss. That Alabama State team is up and coming. And then as we're sitting in the press box getting ready for the Jackson State game, the news comes over that Alabama State has indeed lost to Miles College. And so that goes out of the window. And then you have a performance against Jackson State. Uh, and, and this team has offensively has looked out of sync uh, for the entire year. Uh, it, it's been wonky. You know, the one thing that we have been able to hold our head on is the defensive side of the football. Uh, but offensively, I think, you know, that's a lot of frustration. I think that frustration is carried over, too, because we had these things a year ago. And you hear these things that, you know, we have the offensive guru as a head coach, but a, a, an offense that's averaging over the last two years about 19 points a game. Mm-hmm. And, and and this year, not not even 19 uh, mm-hmm. points. Um, no identity. The physicality. And, and I get it offensively in the offensive line. They've had some injuries, but overall, still, um, hadn't played up to their capabilities. Do you agree or disagree? No, I agree. No, I, I agree. Uh, there's there's a lot left to be desired. Um, Southern University, for the better part of the last decade, has had one of the most dominant offensive lines, not only in HBCU football, but we're talking about in the in, in the country. Uh, Chinnis Berry established that as a the go-to and the, and the topic, the conversation around 
Uh, the swag is if you think that you can run the football, Southern can show you they can run the ball that much better. Uh, that culture from the offensive line standpoint, yeah, I'll be honest with you, it's not there anymore. Um, I know there's been some injuries up front. Um, they actually played a lot better on this past Saturday. Uh, but I think just consistently, uh, Carlos, I think if you ask Jaguar Nation, there's a lot of questions. There's a lot left to be desired. And um, I'm going to be honest with you, Carlos, at this particular point, you know better than I do. You've lost a certain percentage of the fan base that it's going to take you a really big win to, to, to get back. And so with homecoming, we'll kind of move past that. It is mm-hmm. what it is, the opponent. But then Cookman on the road, who a team is from the outside looking in, playing better than I thought they would, that's going to be – that's not an easy game. Then you you go to Alcorn, and then you've got Purdue and them at home, Texas Southern. And, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people's like, watch out. This is their year. Um, yeah, they could win majority of the games, every game on left on the schedule, and they could have some hiccups because, in my humble opinion, offensively, the inconsistency. Um, it kind of reminds me of uh, when you're driving your automobile and the check engine light comes on, right? Mm-hmm. It could be something major. It may not be. And if you continue to drive it, you'll find out whether it was major or not. Or if you you do the smart thing, you go and get it checked out. It could be something minor. So do you believe that – and listen to the press conferences, you know, I don't expect him to be not confident, but he's confident that things can change or they, they, they can get better, but you just don't see it. Now, from an offensive standpoint, again, defense play lights out to me. So, yeah, um, where do you go from a fan's perspective? I mean, you still support them. I understand that and support the team and the young men. But frustration. It really has been a frustrating season. Man, frustration is uh, frustrating. Is a nice way to put it, Carlos. Um, yeah, I, I understand that um, with this particular season. I, I think that the biggest thing is having this Lincoln game to be able to kind of correct some things and seeing what that looks like next week against Bethune Cookman. There, there's still opportunity here. And that's the thing that I want the fan base to remember. There's an opportunity um, here. Everything that you set your sights on at the beginning of the year, those goals are still attainable. Um, so, and, and that's the most important thing. Now, how uh, this football team and this coaching staff navigates that week to week to attaining those goals will go a long way to say how the fan base and Jaguar Nation feels about the 2023 season. Charles, BJ Jones, I'm looking at your face right now. I know you're never at a loss of words. This is one of the few times that I can look at you and tell that you're kind of at a loss of words. 
for what's going on right now. I know you, and I know you put a post out there about the booing and all of that. You worn that Columbia blue uniform, blood, sweat, and tears. I know it's got to be just tough and aggravating from, from your perspective because you, you, you know what this stuff should look like. Talk about that. Oh man, conflicted to say the least. Cause man, these these are my guys, man. Um, you know, Coach Dooley, Coach Graves, Coach Miller. Um, you know, these are my guys. Um, and you know, it's 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 tough. It's difficult. You know, uh, you listen to people's frustration, and um, you know, it's it it's 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 it's, it's tough. And, but you know, one of the things is is hey, uh, Coach Dooley will tell you, hey, when you come to Southern University, that taking that position comes with certain expectations. Mm-hmm. And, and right now those expectations aren't being met. So uh, that blowback is to be uh, expected. Um, and one of the things I, I tell people, hey, we are in the second week of October. All right. Second week of uh, second weekend of October. Let's see how this thing uh, plays out. Because you had people after the Jackson State game that was ready to burn the whole thing to the ground. And, 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 and hey, let's just go ahead and just get the new regime in. Wow. And, and, I, and I tell people, hey, man, just just. You know, relax, relax. Let's see how this thing, uh, you know, plays out. I, I, I will say this: if I, if I'm Coach Dooley, if I can get away with not having a press conference, I think that's the direction that I'll go. Um, and and the reason that I say this is, if the answers that you've been given are the best answers that you can give, at this point, just don't give in. Because uh, one thing about this fan base, they may not know. Who's the X? Who's the Y? They may not know what personnel that you lined up with, a 21 personnel, but they know good and bad football when they see it. Uh, and when you try to come around and try to convince them what they saw was not bad football and that it was actually good, and that's what they hear press conference to press conference, it only makes it worse. Um, this week, I've, I've, I've gotten clip after clip after clip after clip about Coach Dooley talking about Fam, you dropping eight, which they didn't. Not at any point during that last drive. Hmm. Um, they didn't. But when you say that and you try to convince the fan base that it's something different than what they actually see, then that fan base then becomes adversarial towards you. And that's something that you don't want to happen um, with, with, with Jack or Nation. So, if, like I said, if I'm, if I'm Coach Dooley, if I can get away with not having a press conference, that's the direction that I go. Well, unfortunately, BJ, I'm sure it's it's part of his duties. He's got to he's got to show up every week. Now, how I would do, <laughs> how I would do I'm head coach Tony Brown. First question: um, We lost a ball game that I thought we should have won. All the responsibility falls on me. You better get tired of hearing that because the book stops with me. I'm not throwing anybody, and I'm not saying he is. I'm not throwing anybody under the bus. I'm taking responsibility. I am the CEO of this program. We're not getting it done, and it's my fault. And that's how I would start off because, yeah, mm-hmm. fan, fan base, you know, Look at that crowd last week, seventeen thousand. I think that's generous. That's that's probably yeah. that's probably paid, but it didn't look like seventeen thousand to me. We've seen cases in this league 
Jackson State. They made their um, voices heard by not coming to the to the stadium. So you don't want to get to that point, but let's just be honest. You know, high expectations, uh, uh, nine and eight after 17 games, I, I didn't think it was going to be that. Me it's just me, PJ. I, you know, and, and people can dress it up, put whipped cream on it, sprinkle it with cherries and nuts on it. It is what it is. Now, BJ, with that being said, the rest of the league, I've had people to tell me that overall, overall, some of the teams look the same as they did at the end of last year. They don't see any big improvement. Are they way off base with that statement? Mm, no, I wouldn't say that. I, I, I would say a lot of teams, there's some teams that I believe they have regressed. Um, I think Alabama A&M is significantly worse this year than they were a year ago. I think Alabama State, for whatever reason, is worse this year. Now, a lot of that's self-inflicted. I think they have a quarterback that's just choosing to go with the star power guy, and that's costing them some ball games. Um, I think there are some improvements that have been made at Arkansas Pine Bluff. I think Valley is taking some steps back. Uh, with Alcorn, I, I think Alcorn the last few weeks have gotten better. Um, I think for Southern, um, it, it's the same headache. It's offensively. What can you do? Southern has a championship-level defense. Um, and now it's offensively. They don't look in sync. Uh, all of that blame last year went to Bashan McCray. Guess what? Bashan McCray ain't on the roster anymore. Um, so I, I think that's the thing. Grambling has definitely taken a step forward. Um, I think Prairie View is, is, is improved. I think Texas Southern without Andrew Body is taking a step back. Um, so I, I think the league looks a little bit different. I, I will say that FAMU was a class of the, uh, of the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you look at what they have on that defensive line, offensively, the skill position players, I think they're the class of the league. Um, but they can be beaten. And Southern showed that a week ago. They can be beaten. Uh, anybody in this league can be beaten on any given Saturday. And I think that's what's going to make this exciting over the uh, the, the latter October, November, as we, we get in, uh, into that part, we start positioning ourselves and in, in that SWAT championship picture clears up. Um, so I, I think this, the league looks, a, it, it looks a little bit different, but you know, some, some, some teams have taken steps back. Well, BJ, and I'm going to bring Charles into this. Um, I, I think I heard you say Alcorn has gotten better. Uh, I'm not going to argue with you, the football analyst, about that. But I will say one thing, one word comes to mind with me. Lucky. Lucky. Alcorn. Alabama State. Grambling. Who am I missing? Preview. 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 I think about the serial Lucky Charms. They, whatever mojo they got going, they very well could be one win, but they they, they they pulled it out. Yeah, and and, and look, I, I'll say this, BJ, about about us. We're doing just enough, just enough offense with Aaron Allen. The offense looks different. We're pushing the ball down the field. You know, running our running game has bogged down the last three games. That's something we didn't expect a month ago with Jarvion Howard and Nico Duffy, that running game, which has been which has been consistent and really good over the years. Defensively, tops in the FCS and interceptions. 
that was put out there this week. Our defense, I think, has kind of exceeded expectations because we knew we were good, but they're off the charts, and they came up with a big interception last week. So our Mm -hmm. defense has really stepped up. Offensively, we look a little bit different. And, BJ, you know this, and I think I've heard coaches say this over the last several weeks. I'd rather have an ugly win than a pretty loss. And right now you're seeing some ugly wins all over the country, all over football, all Mm -hmm. over football i think you're, you're seeing some ugly wins but coaches will take them and so i i think that's just kind of where we are i think like you said fam you can be had absolutely they're not jackson state the last couple of years where they were just blowing teams off the map and yeah they had some challenges there here and there but they were really good fam you can be had just you just got to take it when you have the opportunity so that's what makes this this race on the west so wild and southern look i'd rather be southern than us we don't control our own fate, Carlos and BJ. We got to hope Prairie View drops one. Now, Prairie View has a tough challenge. They got to go to FAMU on their home. Uh, I think it's their homecoming. It's already a sellout. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, they go to Baton Rouge. I'm not going to sit here and say that. that per- and if Prairie View wins those two games, they most likely, I think, will win the Western Division because those are two tough games. But they got, a tough, road. They got a tough road to hold. So I'd rather be in Southern's position where – if you handle your business, you're going to the championship game. We need to handle our business and hope some something else happens. So I, I would rather be in that position rather than where we are right now and just, you know, UAPB on their homecoming. We hadn't played on their homecoming since 1966. That's not going to be easy there. Coach Hampton's a very fiery coach. That team comes out fired up. Hey, we get behind the eight ball on the road with a packed house. We can't afford another loss. So this this Western Division race is wide open. Grambling looked really good last week. They just they self inflicted wounds hurt them. Their punter took a knee, gave gave us good field position for us to go in and, and get that score. Grambling is a team you got to watch out for in the West too. You know they got a homecoming game this week, and uh, if they get back on track, Grambling could be a tough out. So I think there's nothing easy in this in this Western Division race. Anything can happen. Even the two lost teams, you can't exactly count them out. You know, you don't mm-hmm. know what other's going to look like. You know, bodies out. You know, if you're a two lost team, especially with everyone with a loss, you're you're not exactly out of it either. So it's going to be a lot of jostling for position here in these next six seven weeks. You know, um, there's a excellent question. EA say if Dooley gets Southern to the SWAC championship game for a second year in a row, is that a success. Do they win or lose? EA? Yes, do you do you win the chance? Yeah, do you win it or lose it? If they get there, I, I guess my expectation maybe not realistic. It's real high. Southern is a standard. No, it's not a success. If they get to the championship and they lose it, no. Mm-mm. That's just me. BJ, you may feel differently. Hey, I'm I'm with you. Um, you got there last year. <laughs> you know, you got you got you got there last year, and you saw it, um, Carlos. When the last time we went to Jackson as Jack and as Jaguar Nation, and you saw that few fans from from Southern show up. People were dejected last year just because of who was behind center. And, and people just decided not, I'm not I'm not going to Jackson to subject myself to that. Uh, what does the fan base feel like 
Uh, how does the fan base feel? What has happened between that time now, the time now, and the SWAT championship game? Because like I said, you got to win some games to win people back. And and, and it's not going to be against Lincoln. Was, you, was that nine and eight record, Carlos? Okay, take away – Take away Florida Memorial, take away Edward Waters, and take away uh, some of those sub B one wins, and then where does that leave you? Like it, it's it's man, you gotta you gotta beat some people. If you can get Alcorn, that could possibly help. You get Prairie again, that could possibly help. Uh, but if you lose them, man, folks are going to be all the way off, and and, and that's when there's going to be a lot of questions swirling around Baton Rouge. I, I'll be. Honest, BJ and Charles, I, I think anything less than a swag championship, I think fans will still be disappointed. Hell, I think if you ask Coach Dooley, he was mm-hmm. disappointed. He said last season, getting to the championship and in a seven and five record. So, you know, maybe it's unrealistic. I don't think so. I mean, you are. Your slogan says you are the standard. So that means excellence. So you need to get things done. So what you're saying is that Atlanta or bust is basically what 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 Jaguar Nation feels. If you if you don't make that trip to Atlanta, it's a disappointment. I know I will say that. I said it last year, I said it this year, and guess what? I'll say it next year, 2024. How about that, smarty pants? <laughs> I, I, I mean, you know, maybe that's arrogance on my part, man. I, maybe not being realistic, but that's the way I feel every year. And, and you know, and I get people who say, "Well, I told you, I predicted six and five, seven and four. I don't care. I'm going to always predict nine wins or better. That's my expectation. That's my standard." And hopefully they'll get there. But to answer the question, nope. It's not successful to me. You know, success will be getting to the SWAG championship and winning it. And it will probably be on the road again. No, no, probably. Yeah. If they get there, it will be. So, hey, we shall see. Um, Offensively, we talked about offense, defensively, uh, you see some stout teams in the in the conference, BJ. Southern mm-hmm. family, one and two. Uh, you can put Alabama State in that top three. And then right behind them is, is an all-corn state defense. But it's interesting. Out of those teams I've mentioned, all of them are kind of struggling offensively. Even last week, FAMU. Mm-hmm. Had on, talked about uh, FAMU supporters were not totally happy with Musa and offensively, but last week he threw for 325 yards, albeit I think you saw a defense for Southern that was tired. Yeah. And uh, not just from the FAMU game, but you they're on the field a lot because yeah, of, they are. they're consistent, inconsistent. And you, you, you're seeing the results of that from game one to game five. Yeah, all right, Carlos. And one thing that I noticed about this defense, they don't force turnovers. No. Uh, they don't they force got, turnovers. I think they got five so far. Yeah. Uh, well, I noticed about the defensive backs watching them, they don't break on the ball, um, which frustrates the bejesus out of me. Um, 
I would, I would like to see them a little bit more, be more aggressive going to get the football, uh, breaking on the ball. It seems like we see the ball coming and decide to put position ourselves behind the receiver in order to make the tackle instead of being, you know, aggressive and attacking the football. Um, so that's not a completion. Uh, but other than that, man, this defense, man, they, they've played well the entire year. Uh, could you imagine if, if Southern did not have one of the top rated defenses in, in, in the, in the conference, what this season may look like, <laughs> man. So defensively, oh man, defensively, man, they play well, man. Coach Miller, Coach Graves, the entire staff, uh, Boo Boo Miller and that group, Coach Wallace, they're doing an amazing job, um, over there. You know, hopefully, you know, the second half of the season that the offense will, uh, show up as well. But I tell you what, when you talk about breaking on the ball, have you, if you've, not watch the Alcorn State defensive backs play this year, man. They got they all of them back there will go and get it, and they go and get it like they're the receiver. You, they they give you the one hand interceptions and, and some of those other things. I really like that group that y'all got back there, uh, Charles. And with Florida and them, the interior defensive line, you can't move them. Like they they are not to be moved. The linebackers are solid. I actually think that this FAMU defense is better than they were a year ago. Uh, they are that stout. So I, I think uh, when you've always been told, hey, when the weather changes and, and, and we get to this point in the season, he who can run the ball and play the best defense usually is going to be the, the person that holds up that trophy. We're going to see how that works because FAMU hadn't been able to run the football. Uh, and that's something that's very concerning for them. Yeah, because they were held to a low point last last week. Um, it's just interesting to see how all all of this will uh, play out defensively. Also, force of turnovers. Now against UAPB, they got four, but prior to then, they only had one. And then also, getting off the field on third downs, like third and longs, it, it that can be you know uh, better for Southern University. But overall, you're right. Defensively, they've done enough, well more than enough to get mm -hmm. things uh, done. So with that being said, BJ, from an analyst standpoint, this team represents the West or it's still up in the air for you? No, it's, it's still up in the air. I mean, talent-wise, Southern has as much talent as anybody else in the conference. Uh, that was evident uh, based on you saw the preseason all-conference teams. Um, there's a lot of talent on this football team. I think this team represents the West if uh, we get the improvements that we need offensively. Um, that starts up front. Um, it starts with some of the decision-making uh, by the quarterback. Uh, Harold Blood has played – he's played okay. Uh, but there's been some opportunities where he's done some things that's kind of left it kind of left in the desire. Hey, will you pull down the, the ball and go and get that first down? Uh, will you be more aggressive? So doing things like that. So I, I think that Southern has the entire season in front of them. And that's what I want to keep nailing home to Jack Warren Nation. Um, the entire season is in front of you. But I think next Saturday, Carlos, that Bethune-Cookman game going to Jacksonville scares the bejesus out of me because how well the Bethune-Cookman plays defensively, they can really cause trouble for you 
offensively, not so much, but defensively. If you turn the ball over and give them some short fields, now you find yourself playing in the hole. And, and that with that defense, you don't want to find yourself trailing against that defense. So um, it goes week to week. Once you get done with that, it's Texas Southern on the 28th. All corn on November the fourth. Preview, you know, you know. After that, so week to week. Um, so we'll, we'll see how this plays out. Um, quickly, BJ, I want to go in the chat room. Learn a comment from EA, but uh, <laughs> why? A uh, serious question from the panel: Why does Southern struggle at home? I think if you actually look at it, I, I like to break that up. Uh, break it up. They've had a good record at home. It's just against the upper-level teams at home mm-hmm. is where they have, have struggled. Now, you can put Alcorn. I mean, we talked about earlier. Defeated um, Alcorn. And Southern's actually defeated Alcorn two years in a row. Coach Rollins, the interim coach. Um, the games that they're, quote-unquote, supposed to win are favored to win. They've done well. It's just teams that are of equal value or better they they they've struggled and they be honest with you they've kind of struggled on the road somewhere too beat UAPB but it's it's those upper those those very good teams they've they've struggled and I think if you look at the record it will it it will uh point it point it out Mm-hmm. So that's kind of way I, I look at it. You you feel differently about that, BJ? No, I think you hit it on the head. You look at where those home losses have come from. Uh, come from FAMU uh, this year, Jackson State this year. Um, so it, it's you know who you play at at, at home, uh, and, I, and and that has an impact. Um, you know that 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 has an impact. Um, you have the inexplicable loss to Alabama State, um, the one that. We may scratch our heads over until next year, Carlos. Um, but you know, I, I I think that this that Jackson State loss hurt in a multitude of different ways. Mm-hmm. The biggest way is the biggest reason that they lost hurt is because you had a, a sold out crowd. You had a crowd that was willing to put last year behind them. They even put the week before behind them. And to lose that game the the way that we lost that ball game, there's a lot of people that were in that crowd. I'm gonna be honest with you, they ain't coming back. Like they ain't coming, they ain't coming back. You know as well as I I do, Carlos. You probably heard from some of them all. They have told you that they're not coming back. Um. So and and it's going to take something big. You're going to have to do something big to get them back. Uh. And. I'm not saying that it can't be done. I would love for it to, to be done. I'm rooting for it uh, to be done. Um, so I, I think that that's something huge. I think once you do that big thing, then you turn Mumford Stadium back to what it should be, and you get those people back into Mumford Stadium. So almost, Charles, sounds like short of running the table. You know, and, and also EA says, I'm going to paraphrase, um, you get to the SWAC championship two years in a row, and you don't win, that's not successful? No! That's my opinion. I may be in a minority on that. I don't know. But I can only speak for myself. Um, I, I, 
that that's got me a little baffled uh, on that. Um, Why? Why? I, I well, I mean, because I think that you know, winning and Landon Bussy says this. I'm quoting him: "Winning is hard. Winning mm-hmm. is hard, and you go to two straight." championship games and I think the level of expectation for Southern football is so high to where it is Atlanta or bust and so I get it um, and I think the SWAC is so much up for grabs this year I think if Southern got there and didn't get it done considering the uncertainty of the league minus AMU a little bit they're the best team in the league you're gonna if you win you're gonna probably play them again in Tallahassee um, I, I do think the frustration would be there because the uncertainty is there from the fans. Like this conference is up for grabs. You can't take it. Now, last couple of years has been Jackson state, Jackson state, Jackson state, Jackson state. Well, this year it ain't exactly Jackson state, even though they're very much in the mix, they need FAMU to stumble. So I think that's what would probably tick a lot of Southern fans off. And I think all corn fans to be quite honest because the West is so far up for grabs. Mm-hmm. And, hey, all we got to do is just be consistent. And mm-hmm. so far, it's been back and forth. We've won two in a row. Ain't been pretty. Excuse my grammar. Ain't been pretty, but we'll take it. And I think that's probably what would upset Southern fans if they didn't get to the championship game because this uncertainty of the league. There's no one dominant team. You just got to show up for 60 minutes and get it done. And they have not. And, and I'll say this, Carlos. I love the Jaguar Nation. I love it. I love Baton Rouge. I love everything about Southern University athletics. I love it. it. I love here, it. Here it comes, BJ. Here it comes. Here, it comes. <laughs> here, it comes. here, here we go. Five, four, three, two, one. Here we go. But it's just to me, as from my perspective, when it comes to these big games and big moments at home, to me, it just seems like Southern tenses up a little bit. You know, that they, they, they are a little timid. Now, against well, the others, they, they let it fly. Against the Prairie Views, against the Texas Southerns. And, yeah, they beat Alcorn two years in a row. But the big games that really say, you know what? Southern can get this thing done. They don't get it done. Jackson State this year. FAMU this year. Two years ago, Jackson State at home. The big them. games, the ones that really are going to attract the attention and, and give you the wow factor at home, and it's not a dig. It's not a dig on the Jaguar Nation at all. It's kind of the truth. And so I made that challenge last week. It wasn't a dig. It was a challenge. Let's see if Southern can show up at home against the best of the best. Didn't happen. So now the questions continue. Now, I do feel, BJ, I feel very confident. I'm confident in Southern on the road, of course, with the exception of Alcorn. When their backs are against the wall, when no one gives them a chance, somehow Southern rises up on the road. Don't I mean UAPB? Even though UAPB's got a first-year coach and all that, but it seems to me Southern, in my opinion, from my vantage point, they seem to play better on the road when their backs are against the wall. When people are saying, "You know what, y'all ain't gonna get this thing done," and they get it done, and I don't know why that's the case, but more times than not, to me, they have gotten it done on the road. So that's why I feel confident, even against Bethune. I think they're gonna. I think that's one of them games they can blow the doors off of it. Bethune's got a coach that came in late, even though they're a little bit better, more structured. I think Southern will go to Jacksonville and get it done. So that's that's just my opinion when it comes to Southern football and the big games in terms of the question that was asked. It just seems like in these big moments and big games at home when the lights are brightest at Mumford, it just seems like they just are a little timid, nervous, tense. It's just different to me. 
I'll tell you what, if you get a football team, Charles, that goes to, to Jacksonville and blows the doors off the Bethune Cookman and then comes back home October 28th and handles Texas Southern uh, relatively easy, then you'll get Jaguar Nation full in effect on the train again coming to Alcorn November the 4th. I, it, it, like that's exactly how the, it will play out, uh, and, and what happens there remains to be seen. But if those those two things happen, and because it, all it takes is a little bit to get people back on the train. Now they don't they, when they jump off the train, they don't jump all the way off. They say it, but they don't they don't really jump all right, the way off. Exactly. But if if those two things happen, and November fourth is going to be big, and I'm talking orca big. Hmm. Well. I'm not as confident. My confidence has been has been challenged a little bit, but we'll we'll see. And Charles, I, I hopefully you put that same challenge out to Alcorn. Absolutely. Who 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 I feel? Hey, I know it's better to be lucky than good sometimes. But BJ, oh how it could turn. Mm. And I hear from Alcorn fans, coach. Coach McNair can put up on his mantle what he's done. Well, they got people want to run him out. Yeah. People are not. I'll, I'll say this, BJ. And I've talked to Braves fans. Would you all, more? I, Braves fans, even though we won on homecoming, it was a big win over Grambling, a packed house. People are still uneasy, especially on the offensive side of the ball. De- defensively, there, there are no questions. Ten interceptions, we get after it. And you talked about it. You broke it down defensively. But offensively, and I just think we're just different right now. We're a different offensive team. It's more pass first, pass second, until we get our running game going. You know, mm-hmm. we have had three straight games in which I don't think we've had 75 yards rushing. Who would have thought that a month ago with Jarvion Howard, Agent Zero, and, and our running game? So we're kind mm-hmm. of a different team now offensively than we were a month ago. And so far, we're fighting, we're just doing enough to win games. And, you know, and at this point, midway through with injuries and issues and other stuff, if you can find a way, no matter how ugly it might be, you'll you'll take it. And I said this, I'd rather be in Southern's position in terms of the standings rather than in our position. And so you've got everything in, in, in front of you. And I know, Carlos, you're not happy, but I tell you what, that Southern game to this day, and I said in the first hour, BJ, that Southern Alcorn game, scares the heck out of me because I do think the Jaguars will roll in there. They're going to bring 15,000 or whatever, and they're going to play lights out because they're on the road and no one, people are saying, y'all not going to go down on the reservation and beat them. You didn't beat them in the two years of the SWAC championship game, all that other stuff. People are going to feel like they're not going to get it done. And somehow they rise up out of the ashes. And that's the one that worries me. You know, that's down the road. We still got UAPB. We still got Valley, but that one worries me right now. And as I'm sitting here thinking about it on the bye week. Well, I'll be looking at next week. Next week will tell us something. Yeah. A, loss at, a loss in Jacksonville, you won't see 15,000 in Lorman. You won't see 10,000. Mark my words. Win the week. I don't count this week. I'm looking more of next week. Mm-hmm. We sh- we shall see. BJ, we got to get you back. We got to get you back. We got to work up another contract, I guess. 
I, you know, I, I, I appreciate um, uh, you and, um, you know, coach, former player. You can give us a perspective a little, you know, different than, than my perspective, my opinion. My opinion, you know, I'm, I'm frustrated. I don't hide that fact. I let it show. And I still stand by it. Anything less than a championship is a disappointment. Will I wake up? Hopefully I will the next morning. Will I be back as a supporter? I won't be back. I'm always a supporter. I'm still going to be a supporter. Win, lose, or draw. But it's it's just, you know, a frustrating time. And hopefully things will get better. Because what? Southern is the standard. And that applies to every sports team. And that goes uh, to the CEO of the athletic department and the president as well, the board. If Southern is a standard, then let's hold that standard high and let's do all the things that we can do to keep that standard there. And if those who fall short in doing that, we thank them for trying. And then we move to another direction. That's just the way it is. That's life. But don't give up. We shall see. BJ, enjoy the rest of your weekend. We'll talk again real soon. All right, Carlos. Thank you for having me on, man. It's a pleasure talking to you and Charles, man. I miss y'all fellas, man. Well, <laughs> we'll, we'll give you a call next week because uh, you okay. you can analyze this game and um, uh, what's going on in the conference. Uh, got some big games coming up this week and some recaps next week. So we'll get you back next week. How about that? All right, man. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Appreciate it. BJ Jones of Inside HBCU Football doing some other things um, as far as podcasts. Oh, boy. People are saying, come on, Carlos. I am what I am. I'm a fighter. (laughs) I'm a fighter. I'm sorry. (laughs) And the Alcorn fans and the Jackson State fans, let me say this. Jackson State fans that I talk to, Hell, they were disappointed not winning the Celebration Bowl for two years in a row. All corn fans, we can't win in the Celebration Bowl. So to be successful, you have to accept failure. I, I get that. But speaking of success and failure, he's been probably holding on. He's probably left now. Hopefully he's back. Coach Petaway will join us. He can bring some calming <laughs> energy to me because I'm in the frustrated mode. Oh, but Charles, I did see the Miami Heat. It's only exhibition. I just like that team. They just, it's hard parts. The, the, the culture. When you, at the end of that game, you may win, but you know you've been in the battle. I'll yeah. take that. The physicality. They get to the finals, what, four times in the last seven, eight years? Am I happy? Yes. But I'm also sad because they didn't bring home the title. But they're still my team for life, Southern for life. Coming up next, Coach Van Petaway. You're watching the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. You ready? Showtime. 
On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay. Call Cuvay. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard, as well as the upcoming week of HBCU sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watts and Charles Bishop. Course dismissed. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www. Welcome back to this week's edition of the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Um, before we get to Coach Petaway, just want to encourage you, the uh, Blue and Gold Century Club, uh, they're sponsoring a trip to Jacksonville next week, October the 21st. The cost is $200, which includes game ticket, refreshments, and a ton of fun. Hotel costs $138. For more information, contact Craig Pierre at 225-324-7234. The Blue and Gold Century Club, a proud sponsor of the Coles Brown Show. Also, like and subscribe uh, not only to the Black College Sports Network, uh, but the Coles Brown Show. Hit that thumbs up, that like button. We would appreciate it. Now, with that being said, we'll bring in uh, Coach Petaway. Maybe Coach Petaway can um, cool my disappointing <laughs> spirit. Coach Petaway, hey, good, good morning. afternoon. Hey, so, good afternoon, Carlos. Yeah, man, you know, it's just that time of the year where all football fans are, are frustrated if their teams are not uh, doing, you know, the way we as fans expect them to do. I'm disappointed. We're coming out of Mobile where we didn't play well against uh, Jackson State. So, 
you know, that that's all around the country where uh, fans are frustrated because going into the year, we all felt like our team would be the, the team that would, would, would be on top, and it's just not happening. But in your case now down at Southern, you all still have your goals in front of you. They still got a chance to win the West and still represent the West uh, in the championship game. So uh, you all just, uh, when I say you all, I'm talking about uh, the Jag Nation. They just got to take a chill pill and, and continue to support the the, uh, the players. You got to support those players because they you know that they're putting on that that uh, that uniform for the university and for all of you all. So they need your support. I would agree with that. They do need to support, continue support. You're absolutely right. And and at the end of the day, you know, Coach Petaway, sometimes it, it's it's amazing how things will work itself out. It'll work its way out. You know, if someone comes to me about, well, you know, buying out contracts, no, uh, nope, I don't want to talk about that. That is just so early. That is so early. But now, I will grant you, when you talk about being disappointed, you're allowed to be disappointed. Right. You know, um, constructive criticism, that's okay. You know, opinions are, are that. Uh, the facts are also the facts. And right now, this Southern University football team with so much high expectations have struggled. They have an opportunity to still reach their goals as everyone on this panel have have stated. But fans are fanatics. Alums are alums, and they're going to be with you no matter what. So hopefully this thing will... uh, turn around. It's interesting. We still have the goals in front of Southern University. I say, wait. And yet, I'm frustrated like many of the Jaguar Nation. So, wow. I guess the Jaguar Nation is a tough, tough sale. But I think all fans, all uh, alums are like that. You know, it's, we got to get it done. We expect championships every year. You're not going to get it, Coach Petaway. Right. But seeking perfection is always a goal and seeking yep. championships. With that being said, last week you were in Mobile and um, they came out with uh, basketball predictions. After you've been able to look at them again a week later, uh, let's talk a little bit about that quickly. Um, last week we said that, hey, we could be nitpicky, but overall, I think everybody is kind of um, satisfied with those preseason predictions. Right. On the women's side, you, you can only go one way. That's Jackson state. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, they, until, until somebody just knocks them off that perch uh, for the regular season title, you you just gotta, you have to pick them with all the players that they have coming back. And then uh, we all know coach does a great job down there. So uh, Jackson state on the women's side, I think was was the right choice. Like I said, the only thing that I really thought about was the Arkansas Pine Bluff as number three. Mm-hmm. And I guess because of the twin towers, they feel like uh Pine Bluff will be back in there. I know they, you know, they made that run to the uh the SWAC uh tournament championship, but um I, I I'm not so sure. I, the jury's out on them. They're gonna have to show me something in the preseason for me to think that that uh they'll they'll be there, be there at the end. And I think uh, here in Huntsville with uh, 
Coach Richardson. Uh, I think adding Coach Murray to her staff is is really going to help them because, you know, he's a guy that's been there. He's done that. Uh, he knows what it takes to win in the SWAC. And so I'm hoping, uh, and in fact, I just saw him the other day, I'm hoping that that his experience will help her to get over the pump because she can put together a pretty good uh, regular season. Uh, they just haven't found a way to, to get it done in the tournament yet. So uh, I'm looking forward to that on, on the women's side. So um, I think, uh, Charles, you probably think that, that the order of finish, you, do you agree with the way they, they picked the uh, the women's order of finish? Yeah, I do. I mean, I, I think Jackson State, I mean, in the regular season, they've just been awesome. Yeah. And no one has really challenged them. And so th th that's the one thing that I was kind of saying, who they feel like could challenge Jackson State you know, during the regular season. And I agree, UAPB has got a much improved yeah. team. One thing Don Brown can do, what can Brown do for you, Don Brown? What can Don Brown do? She can recruit. Yeah. She can go out and get that talent. Now, making it mesh is a whole right. other story. And so that's where you got to have, like you said, Coach Petaway, the veteran assistants that kind of know how to make that mesh. I think, you know, Coach Freddie Murray, you know, at Alabama A&M was a great pickup. For, for yep. Coach Richards. I mean, he, he Coach Murray was a really good coach, by the way. I think right. just being caught up in administration change, new AD. You know, I kind of knew after they lost that SWAC, that, that SWAC tournament game last year, I kind of felt like, I hate to say it, but I kind of felt like that was probably going to be the end of the road for Coach Murray. You kind of felt that as a grandma night, kind of felt that was going to happen, and it did, unfortunately. Uh, but Coach Murray's a real good dude, real good guy, knows the game. Yep. So I, I I don't have a problem with, with, the, with the order a finish um is you know for us you know we've got a different team you know i i, I tease coach kilbert all the time carlos man can i book my reservations for for birmingham for the swag tournament because it's hard for me to believe that we we're one of the four worst teams in the last couple of years with destiny brown all preseason coming in this year and all that but you know we got to find a way to get over that hump but I, I don't have an issue with with the women's side of it it's just a matter of who's going to challenge jackson state during the regular season? That's the one question I have. Yeah, I think it's pretty good because if you look at it, a lot of times it's um, predictions kind of uh, influencing factors what happened at the end of last year, right? JSU in the tournament championship, regular season champ, the team that knocked them off on that, on that wild miracle shot, right? Southern University. There too. I agree with that. Pine Bluff made it to the what the semifinals, right? Number three, so yeah, win the SWAC tournament championship, if I'm not mistaken. Am I am I right about that? Now Pine Bluff lost to Jackson State. They were the eighth seed last year on the women's side. They they lost to Jackson State. They played them tough. Yeah, they they mm -hmm. played them tough, but they did lose to Jackson State in the first round of the tournament game last year. But they had the talent though. They oh, had the I don't know why I thought Southern uh, defeated uh, Pine Bluff. Hmm. I don't know. Oh, I was there again. But Don Brown's teams, you know, they they're always going to be right there. I mean, she's got the talent. It's just, you know, for some teams, it's getting it done the regular season. Others, the, the as we know, Coach Petaway, you know, the tournament's a whole nother animal. Right. Yep. Throw the regular season out the window. You know, we we won the regular season the last two years, and we lost to the eight seed Texas Southern on the men's side again. 
And so, it, you know, it's about can you get it done when the lights mm-hmm. are brightest in, in the SWAC basketball, and that's the SWAC tournament. But I, I, I do – I don't have a problem with, with, the, uh, with the order of finish. Again, I also look at the voters who's voting. There's only two groups of folks voting for these things, the SIDs in the conference and the SWAC coaches. They wow. have the votes. Now, you and, you and I, we don't have a vote. Right. I'm pushing for that, Coach Petaway. Right. I do think media members that cover these teams should have a vote, but that's going to take the coaches to to change their mindsets on that. And there's got to be some some politicking and lobbying behind the scenes to make mm. that happen. The commissioners told me that if the coaches vote for it, he will immediately sign it, and there won't be any questions asked. You know, normally legislation goes up the flagpole. You know, the chancellors and presidents and all that. It won't go that high. But you have to do some lobbying behind the scenes. Because I do think for some of us who watch these things, other than the SIDs and coaches, I think we can put a good ballot together. Right. I'd like to see that personally, just my opinion. But it's going to take a lot of work and a lot of attitude changing for that to happen. Right. Well, well Charles, I'm like you. I, I would love to, to be able to uh, put my two cents in there and, and have it to count. And, and I think the coaches should really look at that, man, so they can get a, 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 a true picture uh, of what mm-hmm. uh, the media thinks about uh, the SWAC teams. And then on the men's side, you know, they picked Texas Southern to win it. Uh, I, I was a little – with that, I was based on what Texas Southern did during the regular season. Yeah, they caught fire and won the tournament. But during the regular season, they didn't do as well. So I'm trying to figure out, and with all the people they lost, with Walker and all those guys no longer there, how – what did the coach? What are the coaches seeing and the and the SID seeing in Texas Southern that will give them uh, the number one seed or the number one pick? I mean, I understand about tradition, but if you look at the body of work, they didn't jail until toward the end of last season, and then they had that streak during the tournament. I I, I just didn't see that when I was a head scratcher to me, Charles. But now Gramlin and Alcorn. Uh, yes, they should be up there. I think their body of work over the last couple of years have, have proven, and with the people that they got coming back, it has proven that they should be up there. And then, uh, you know, the Grambling second, they got Jalen Johnson down there now. Coach Jackson mm-hmm. will know how to use that kid now. Yeah, I was one of the better players in this league. Uh, you know, he played his years here at AM and then he hit the portal, but now he's down at Grambling. And if that kid is healthy, He's going to be a force now in the paint. He, he he can play, and I think Coach Jackson is one of the people that that can uh, probably dig inside that kid and get him back to performing as an all conference player. So, uh, and then having Jackson State at fourth, um, evidently they got some new people in there that the coaches feel like uh, Coach Williams will have Jackson State up there, and I just feel like Prairie View is, is at six is too low. I think with with the uh, uh, with Coach Smith having that championship pedigree, I think with what he has coming back, I, I just think people are sleeping on Prairie View, and I think they'll be a, they'll be a team that that you got to look out for. Well, I, I'll say this, Coach, to answer your question, I, I do think as far as the voters are concerned, whether SIDs and coaches, I think we're comfortable. You guys are comfortable with how last year went. And typically, you go with the team that won last year. And unless you see a a, a complete roster overhaul, you typically go with that team again. Now, that may not be right, 
But, you know, you, you look at Johnny Jones and his pedigree. You got P.J. Henry coming back. Right. You know, P.J. Henry was hurt for a lot of last year. They started 0-5 for the first time, 0-5 in conference for the first time in 60 years from what Rodney, uh, from what the SID told me there uh, when we played there. And so for them to come out of the ashes like they did and win the whole thing, to win the tournament, was something I don't think anybody expected. So I think that's probably the reason why. Mm -hmm. um, I think the Braves being picked three, we lost quite a bit last year. You know, we, we're, we're building, and Landon Bussey told me this is his best team that he's had since he's been at all court. He told me that to my face and didn't even wow. flinch when he told me that. So that's kind of scary if, if things work out there. Right. Um, I, I just think, you know, for Prairie View, I think for Coach Smith, he's a really good coach, but I think he's lost a lot. Jeremiah Gambrell was at Prairie View. He's at Alcorn. He's had some players transfer out of there, you know, hit the portal. And I think, you know, maybe some coaches see that, you know, maybe not quite the same as it once was, even though his teams are usually competitive. And in Coach Jackson at Grambling, he's just steady yep. Eddie. Yep. I mean, Carlos, I, I keep saying this. Grambling won – the regular season in a year they were even not not even eligible to go to the postseason. You know they they won the regular season they were ineligible. I mean that just that says a lot about that program and that coach there. So he's always going to have some talent. He's always going to be there. You know so I, I I I don't have a problem. You know with with the men side of it. I do think there's some up and coming teams. I think George Ivory of Mississippi Valley. Look out for that two-three zone. You better not yes. get some shots because that's George Ivory. He said that zone is going to travel from Pine Bluff to Valley. So look out for that. Um, you know, so I, I I do think Bethune, Reggie Theus, yeah, you know they they're gonna make a little bit of a, a hay, but in the postseason they seem to to tumble. I think FAMU is gonna be a little bit improved, but you know overall you kind of know the top dogs. And I'm looking forward to seeing what Kevin Johnson is gonna do at Southern University, Carlos. That's mm -hmm. going to be an interesting situation there. As he takes over a top four, top five program, can he can he elevate it to the next level? We'll see. And talking with him, it looks like he does. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing how the men's side shakes up. Right. No, I, no, I, pre I, no pressure on Coach Johnson. Yeah. None whatsoever in the first in the first year. Yeah. First year. <laughs> oh you my gotta, goodness! You, you got to build that foundation on that house. I agree. If, if the foundation is not good, wait a minute. I get a bad rep now. now. Wait a minute. <laughs> now, year four. That's a different story, because. Coach Pettaway, we want to see, we know where the program is, and you want to see each year get better. And if, if you're building, you're building. If you're just staying on the ground floor for three years, you're not going upwards. I agree. Right. Yeah. But, you, but look at what you just said. You just said year three and year four. That's basketball. But that's not, that's not. That's not what I'm used to hearing from Jag Nation. Now, I've never known you all to be that that patient. And and then if we were to flip the script in football, this is year two for Coach Dooley, and he's already the moving truck is already around the corner. I, I don't know, understand. You know the, why? The moving, the moving truck is already around the corner from his house, and this is only year two. This is I, only year I, two. I'm, well, I, I I think two. If you come in and you say, I only promise two things, to show up and play hard. You set yourself up sometimes when you come in and you say, 
I'm going to have a offense that attract me on the football field. And then when it doesn't happen, it's like, to me, another example, you're courting a girl and you promise all these things and you say this going to happen and it doesn't happen. Oh, boy, you're in trouble. Yeah, you're but, in but, trouble. But, Carlos, with the track analogy, hold up now. In track and field, you got the sprints and then you got the longer races. So he's just running a marathon right now. So it's still a form of track. It's it, just it's, it's just it, not the it's just it, not the hundred and and, and, and the four mile. That's all it is. Coach, by the way, the, the, his time his times are, are are not good right now to be in the in the top level. Right, right. That's that's true. That's but true. I, but I but, yeah, but I, I get it. I I, I understand and it, you know, but it, it, it's just. Is is just high expectation, but I think all fan yeah. bases have have yep. that. At least the, the fan bases in the upper echelon, your Jackson States, your Allcorns, your Gramblings, you know, and the fan news. Oh, high expectations, and if they're not met, you're gonna but get I, blowback. But I, but but I also think the blowback comes from your initial presentation. All right, so Coach Sanders, of course, when he came in, do you believe it had the big press conference and had the right. big announcement and all that smoke that came from that, the expectation mm -hmm. that you got to hit the ground sprinting, not running. And when it doesn't happen, then there's blowback. Right. I think for Coach Dooley, it might have been kind of the same thing. But when you come in kind of low-key and just say, look, we're going to build this thing one brick at a time. Now, it doesn't excite mm -hmm. the fan base. It's boring. And, you know, fans want to hear the sizzle. They want to see this, but we know the sizzle doesn't most of the time doesn't occur right away. And I think fans are a little more patient when that happens. But when you hit the ground sprinting and you're going to, you say you're going to do all this and all that and all this, and it doesn't happen in the, in the social media era that we're in in the podcast era that we're in in the talk show era that we're in, people going to keep receipts on that stuff. And right. it, 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 sometimes it comes back to bite you. So how you come in, you can get a little more time and be a little more patient. The fan base will be. But if you mm. if you come in, hey, I think Kevin Johnson's coming in. I think he said all the right things. Right. But the, the only thing is he inherited a team that was top four, top five from last year. So now it's like, all right, coach, the mm. roster That's was what pretty got. good last year. Now what are you mm. going to do? Are you going to elevate or is it going to take a, a dip? And if it takes too big of a dip, then that's when I'm sure the Jaguar Nation is going to say, hold up now. Hey, right that's a pretty good team. Right. A pretty good team before you came. Now, I mean, we understand that it's gonna get right for the show. I, I don't have no argument with that. Yeah, but, but but if he takes a roster that he has now, he's added some pieces, and he does well. Right. Then the expectations have been risen. Moved yep. up, up, right? yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And, yep. and 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 I, I just I just like him. His his personality. Uh, and, and and looking at his his bio and his resume, I, I think he's going to do well. Right, I think it's, we're in for some exciting uh, times in SWAC basketball. Uh, I did get an opportunity to listen to the, both the men and women on and media mm -hmm. day. I thought the coaches all did a good job. You know, no one no one stuck their chest out and and beat their chest and say, "Hey, we we are the team." 
you know, they're gradually trying to get into the season. And I think in basketball, mm -hmm. you have to do that because of the, the non-conference schedule. Right. That was the big key. Everybody had to explain why they were playing all these teams in non-conference schedule. And we already know the answer to that before that question is even asked. But they what did they say? Those, they have to play those games for the to to mm -hmm. uh to help the budget. You know, mm -hmm. the, 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 that's a that's a budgetary requirement for these coaches and when it comes to uh men and now women's basketball, because some of the women teams are getting pretty good uh guarantees uh, also when they play. So, you know, you're not gonna have the great non-conference records and and that's just like I think somebody said something a little bit uh, earlier. It's a shame that the squack regular season doesn't mean as much. Now, that's from the fans' perspective. We as coaches, we want that re that regular season of uh, SWAC championship. You know, it does. Mm -hmm. It means a lot to us and the players. Now, they want to be crowned as conference champs, uh, but you know that you can only get to the big dance by by winning that tournament because all you got is that automatic. But uh, that regular season, I think it means more to the players and to the coaches than sometimes to the fans because they want to see you in the big dance and there's only one way to get there. Right. That's the way that automatic. Right. Yeah. And, 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 and the other thing, Carlos, I mean, coaches get fired on that stuff too now. I mean, right. there hasn't, and we talked, and I know you've talked about the non-conference record, but I can't remember one single coach in the SWAC that's been fired in November and December, despite going 0 and 13, 0 and 12 in non-conference. The earliest I can remember a SWAC coach getting fired in conference, and maybe somebody can correct me here, but Byron Rim the third, remember the coach at Prairie View? Right. He got fired yeah. six games in the conference. He was one and five. And I think that might have been something else going on. Yeah, that right. six games in a third of the way in the conference, things weren't going well, and so that's the earliest I can remember a coach being let go just based on wins and losses. So coaches are not going to be let. I, I'll say this: coaches in this league are not going to get fired November and December, despite the poor record. Is what you don't do in the regular season, and the high expectations that you don't live up to in the tournament, that will probably get you gone in the swag. To me. Now, I might be yeah. wrong about that, but it just seems that's kind of the way it, it it kind of flows in the Southwestern Athletic Conference. We understand. Coach Petaway understands. He was told, you got to bring in a certain amount of money. Right. You know, he had to give up a guarantee game to get the seat backs over there at Elmore. Right. Yeah, but, I mean? but, but, but I, I, I bet you one thing, I bet you Coach Petaway got some, what's the word I'm looking for? He didn't take it lightly. Well, he, oh. I bet you Coach Petaway went in there and said, well, look, I'm going to do this, but, hey, this is not right. We've right. talked about this enough. Don't get my blood pressure up, Charles. Again, talking about those non-conference. They shouldn't be fired based on that because they're doing somebody a favor. Right. Who would, who would that agree. be the favor they're doing? <laughs> the ADs. Right. Yeah. And, and, and I, I went back and looked at the comments, and I think it was EA, spot on. If they're going to have to play those many doggone guarantee games, his agent should put in that contract, I should get a certain percentage of that. Right. that that's what I'm saying. That's not right. But it's the way of the world. And I will never, never, ever accept that, that those type of non-conference schedules. 
Coach Petaway talked about it. A.D. Brown. You got to have some compromise. Why would you do your student athletes that? Right, right. Why would you do that? 10 or 12 games on the road. And then, uh, once again, you come in, and then you're going to tell those fans, you, you have to be excited. And if you're not excited by a 2 and 12 record, then shame on you. You're not loyal. That's a lie. They're loyal, but you're asking them to do something that they shouldn't do. And come on, ADs, we can do better. Four games at a, at a max. And the rest, play with. Right. Now, Carlos, see, you, you need to be an athletic director. And then I come out of retirement. They will pick Charles. They will pick Charles over tomorrow, me. Tomorrow, man. I'll be out tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Come better you talk about a hard – I'm going to use a political word here. Hardliner. Yeah, Carlos Brown would be a hardliner. Yeah, AD. I know. Oh, I'd be fair. I'd yeah. be fair. No, I'd be fair. But, but, but I'm a fight for my coaches, and you're not going to tell a coach. I'm not going to tell them they got to play that many non-conference games. Those guaranteed. And, and by the way, speaking of that, Swag announces a Pac-12 yep. Swag Legacy. Now that's a good thing. You play two or three of those type of games. And some of them at home. Some of, right. some of them will be coming. I think Alabama State's hosting one of those. I think we're on the rotation for next year, I believe. So When are the other teams going to get involved? You just said it next year. Yeah. Because I know Alabama A&M has not been a part of it yet. So Yeah. Yeah. I think it's on a rotating basis. So some teams are in and then some will rotate off. And then I think we're going to be in that next year. Yeah. Well, Michael says Coach Johnson is not inheriting a bear cupboard. His first season especially will be more than expected. Probably personally, Coach Johnson will expect more, but I'm I'm giving him, believe it or not, a grace period. Probably two years. Uh well, Melanie's not gonna give us a grace period. We got nine minutes left. Okay. And um and there's no grace period in that. But uh believe it or not, you know. I put every coach until otherwise proven otherwise. Now, see, right. Coach Petaway, right? We, yeah, we have, come in. Right, right. We okay. See, and then you know, mental health is a big issue now. They need to think about that when they when they send these kids out there like that for 11, 12 games in a row on the road. That that that's a mental strain on those kids now. Believe it or not. Because yeah, they that's, don't. That's the argument, Coach Petaway. Now, right. it, 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 I guess what I argue or is against is how many. Correct. I'm not saying don't play any, but. And I'm the same way. Yeah. Four yeah. against. I, I think it's a necessity to play some. The yeah. other thing I like to see, I like to see across the board that when these teams go out and play, a percentage of that money goes back into the program. Mm -hmm. help, help those coaches make their program solid by allowing them to have money that they can use for recruiting. They can use for equipment. There, there are always needs on the college campuses for these basketball programs. Make sure that their needs are met uh, up front because they are sacrificing by going out there playing those games. 
Don't take all the money and put it in the general fund. Drop a nugget out there for the athletic department and that particular team that's going out there. I, I think that's only fair, man. I think it's only fair. Yeah. Well, 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 somebody's texting me. They was like, yeah, they'll uh, Charles will be an AD before I will. You're absolutely, oh. <laughs> you, you're absolutely right. He will be. Because I'm out of the box. I <laughs> But anyway, let's uh swag recap quickly. We got about five, <laughs> five minutes left. It was Alabama State last week in football over uh, Bethune-Cookman, 19-14. It was JSU over Alabama A&M, 45-30. It was Alcorn State in another late-minute win over Grandma State yeah. University, 25-24. Of course, in Baton Rouge, FAMU over Southern, 26-19. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I did agree. You remember that one? <laughs> and then Purdue and them over Mississippi Valley State, thirty-one to twelve. This week, October the fourteenth, Mississippi Valley State and UAPB, uh, Bethune Cookman um, uh, hosting Texas Southern University at two p.m. on HBCU Go TV. It's Jackson State and Alabama State. That's the game happy, of the week. Happy homecoming for Jackson State. Boy, if Alabama State can get any kind of offense, yep. it may be a close game. Carlos, I, that's the game of the week, man. That's the game of the week, uh, Alabama State and Jackson State. That's the game of the week. Who you got in that one? I'm going to go with the home team. I, I don't think Alabama State's going to have a firepower to go down there and beat Jackson at homecoming. I just don't see it. Yeah. I would agree. I got Jackson State, Charles, uh, homecoming. You know, got to be focused. Jason Brown, uh, they'll get it done. Yeah. I, I don't know. Bama State was Bama State clearly has lost something since that Southern game. I don't know what has happened, but they right. they have fallen off. You know, they, they let the Alcorn game get away. They lost to Miles College, Jackson State. Could be almost in the category of maybe most disappointing, but I think it'll be a, another team so far would be number one as far as that. Grambling State and Alabama AM. That's gonna be an interesting yep. uh, game at 2 p.m. on ESPN Plus. And then Houston Christian versus Preview AM. Uh, why am I thinking about Houston Baptist? Did they now, get renamed? That's a different program now. They're gonna have to roll up their sleeve, but uh probably Houston Christian. That's probably one of those mm -hmm. schools that got about two or 300 students. I don't think they're going to have to worry. I think they're sort of like Lincoln University because, you know, it. they say uh, they got an enrollment of 300, and out of the 300, uh, over 200 of them are athletes. So uh, I expect Southern to uh, to do their thing today without a problem. I'm going to be disappointed if the second and the third string don't get um, a quarter, a quarter and a half of – playing time. No need to keep the starters in that whole game. I'm sorry, Charles. And if for those who believe this will make them feel good, they can score 90 points. I'm I'm not going to feel great. It's homecoming, Carlos. It's homecoming. I don't care. I don't <laughs> okay. care. Okay. I don't care. Homecoming, baby. It's homecoming. Yep. People want to feel yep. good on homecoming now. Oh, they're feeling good already. They want to feel you better know, with the football that, game. 
Yeah. I mean, the, the 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 beautiful ladies and just all <laughs> the people coming back and all the fun. Oh, they they're they're gonna have a great time regardless. But but well, Lincoln, <laughs> you gotta play the team that's on your schedule. I understand that, but uh, if you're gonna jump for joy, and if Southern wins by eighty points or seventy, nah, be more be more happier. I'll be more happy if they put up 40, 50 points on Bethune Cookman. Right. Right. Close the comment, guys. We got a minute left. Well, I, I just uh I think uh this is gonna be a good weekend. I look forward to the swag action. I'm also looking forward to basketball season coming up. And I think we're gonna have a, a great uh run down the stretch for football and then break off into basketball. Charles, buckle up. Second half of the season's coming. Who knows what's going to happen in the Wacky West? Buckle up. Enjoy. Yep. And for Southern alums, enjoy yourself. Um, the game is uh, an afterthought. You're back seeing friends you hadn't seen, professors, those who are still with us that you hadn't seen since you uh, left the university. Enjoy yourself. And for me personally, another day when I wake up, there's a victory. I'm still fighting chronic kidney disease guess what i'm not gonna let you down i'm gonna fight i'm gonna give you an update um on that situation but hey i love life and i'm never giving up i'm fighting and fighting for yep. melody and all of our guests we appreciate you we'll see you next saturday now you can get ready charles at 11 a.m for another edition of the coles brown show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Until next time, peace and God bless.